Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hola, hola, mi gente. I'm Jessica Yanez, and this is the Wine and Chisme podcast, a podcast created to amplify voices and share the stories of people from BIPOC communities doing remarkable things, all while sipping on a glass of wine. So welcome to your new Wednesday. The Wine and Chisme Wednesday. Hola, mi gente. Welcome to another episode of the Wine and Chisme podcast. And this week, we have a transformational life and mindset coach. I have Chris Madriga with me. Hola, Chris. How are you? Hola, hola. I'm good. I am really excited. Like I was telling you before, I'm not a mom, and you really focus on mothers, working mothers, having, trying to have, I don't even know if there's such thing as a work-life balance, but you can help me figure that out because I don't have kids. But, you know, I know a lot of my listeners are mothers and I think it's very important just because I'm not a mom doesn't mean that I can't have people on who really focus on, you know, being mothers and helping others trying to figure life out. So like I told you, if I say anything crazy, just be like, girl, (laughs) All right, just chill out. <laughs> no, no, that todo se vale. Okay. You know it. So before we get into your bio and before we get into the cheese, may we always start with the wine? Are you having any wine this evening? Well, it's wine de agua. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> and it's water today. That is today. the wine of life, girl. That's what you need every every day. I actually just took a big swig. I do have my water always next to me, even when I'm drinking wine, because I love water. Like love, love, love water. So no. Well, I am drinking more than just agua. I am drinking, and because it's it was finally warm here in San yes. Diego, I was like, oh, I want like a crisp, nice white. So I'm having a Maldonado Vineyards 2020 Chardonnay which is produced in Calistoga. So it's one of our okay. Latino wineries. Haven't had it in a while. I still had it. So salud. What is um, your preferred type of wine normally? You know, I am more of a sweet person. I like wine, but I am not an expert in wine. So I was excited to learn from you because I love to hear about the different types and everything. And you know, there's some that I like a little bit more than others, but I lean more towards the sweet. So sweet as in like, like just a nice sweet fruity wine or sweet as in like a dessert wine. You know what? I go more for like the dessert wine. Okay. So I do have a a dessert wine that you would probably, do you like honey? I do. Okay. So there's this uh, dessert wine by Ondrama Cellars and it's called Las Chicas. 
Oh, okay. And it's a dessert wine and, it, and it's a really small bottle and it's actually pretty good. I, again, I'm not a big sweets person, but I did have some and it kind of tastes like honey. But if you have it with the dessert and when you have a dessert wine, you want to make sure your dessert is sweeter than the wine. So I imagine, and I'm not a big sweets person, but I would imagine with like a chocolate cake, something just sweet like that, like a chocolate cake or like a ganache, chocolate ganache or something. I bet you it would taste super good with that. I don't like chocolate. I'm not a big sweets person, (laughs) but like I said, I did like, you know, I had it in moderation. I had a little bit that I could handle, but I bet you it would taste really good. I mean, just think chocolate and honey. Sounds good. Yeah. I don't know. Somebody's going to have to try it and then tell me. Maybe we would be good with like tres leches even. I don't know. Yeah, but so- I like the sweet, but as you're talking about pairing it with that dessert, somehow it sounds extra rich and sweet, but hey, we're going to have to give it a try, right? Yeah. yeah. That's you the only way we're going to find out. You never know until you try it. You can't say you don't like something until you try it. That's kind of how I, how I live when it comes to like tasting stuff. I'll try something. And if I don't like it, then at least I know. Even if I go into it going, oh, God, I'm probably not going to like this. There's been a few times where I've been surprised and be like, oh, wow. But then there's been a lot of times where I'm like, yeah, I knew it wasn't going to like it. When people try and convince me to do chocolate, I'm like, I don't like chocolate. I promise you I'm not going to like it. You mentioned earlier you're headed to Napa. And one of my favorite places there is that Castillo de Amorosa. And oh, yeah. the one that's the beautiful castle. And they have one there that's sweet. What's it? The Fantasia or something like that. It's Ooh. so good. And every time I go, it's one that I get. And for some reason, that one always sticks out. Like, I don't know why I don't just become a member or buy a case or something, but I'm going to have to do it next time. You know, have you ever tried iced wine? No. Okay. So iced wine is when they let the grapes, they pick it when it's really cold. And sometimes it's so cold that it helps bring out the sweetness. So ice wines end up being a little bit sweeter than a normal wine. I've always wanted to try one, but I've never tried one just because I want to try, say, yes, I've tried an ice wine, but I do know that it, you know, they tend to be sweeter. So maybe you need to, we need to find you an ice wine to try. Yes. Since you like like the sweeter side. That sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) See all of the things that we learned, you know, there's no way you can ever learn or you can never stop learning about wine. I'm constantly learning because there's so much. Sometimes like people will say a wine. I'm like, I've never heard of that type of wine. And I feel like part of me sometimes feels like a shame, but I'm like, look, I'm still learning. Like I'm, some people have been in this industry for years and years. Sometimes they work in this industry. Like I still have a regular job. I'm still learning. I'm still, you know, but I think that's the whole point. Right. And I, yeah. Every time I learn something, I want to pass it, you know, along because so many people within our cultura no sabe nada when it comes to wine and we we don't grow up with it. We don't, so many of us don't grow up with it. We don't grow up around it. So we think it's bougie. We think it's this, we think it's that, you know, if we can start learning like, no, it's not. And no, there it's very accessible. No, there's stuff that goes with food, like with our foods, then I think you know, you demystify it and people are more willing to try it. Yes, I agree. <laughs> so thank you for what you do because it's amazing, you know, Aww, learning and you. sharing it with our culture. That's beautiful. 
Oh, they're so sweet. Well, let me read your bio and then we'll get into all the chisme. All uh, right. Chris Madriga is a Californian by birth and Mexican at heart and soul. Although she was born in California, she spent half of her childhood living in Mexico, which was among one of the best experiences in her life as it allowed her to immerse in her beautiful cultura. She is happily married to one of the most supportive human beings and partner anyone could have. As a corporate human resources professional at a Fortune 500 company for the past 18 years and a mom to three, she knew her passion was to serve others in a deep and meaningful way, which is why she became a certified life and mindset coach. She has a deep passion for helping working mothers establish a work-life balance and help them break the self-imposed barriers that create guilt, overwhelm, and burnout to establish a daily state of clarity, balance, and confidence to put themselves first as a woman, then to find their purpose and achieve their desired goals in life. She wants women all around the world to know they have it in them to achieve greatness and success, and it is all inside of them. They just need to learn to love themselves first. Yes. <laughs> that is so, you know, regardless if you're a mom or not, all of those things are important. All of us need to learn to love ourselves first and listen to our intuitions, right? Oh my goodness. Yes. And I say intuitions right because I don't know how many people are living inside anybody's head. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about, because you grew up in California I know you're in the Sacramento area. Is that where you grew up in the Sacramento area? Or did you grow up where like, or yeah. were you in a different part of California growing up? No, I've spent, well, I was born here in Northern California, Sacramento area was here pretty much my whole childhood. You read in the bio, my parents decided that they wanted to immerse us in our culture. So we would live six months here in California and six months in Mexico. And we did that our entire childhood. It was beautiful. It was amazing. I think it was one of the things that my siblings and I would look forward to every year. It was so awesome. Every December, we'd pack it up and we would go to Mexico. We would take the long drive. We'd go to Mexico and then we would do the second half of the school year over there. At that what time, my- did, was, did you guys go to? Jalisco. Okay. Oh, that's where my family's from. Okay. Yeah. We would go to a small town called Yawalica. Yeah. We would go there and, and it was beautiful. It's like our friends in Mexico were just, wait, it's December. And that's when we had a chance to go. And it was just beautiful. I feel like that gave me an experience into our culture that I will never, ever forget. And it's the reason why I feel so connected, if you will. There's just something about living in Mexico that is so different. You're never going to experience your, your culture living in the country than you will here. We know it's different, right? Yeah, it totally is. So doing that six months out of the year, was it ever a hard adjustment or just that's just what it was? So you just, you know, or did you ever, you know, sometimes when you live somewhere for a while, you forget certain things. Did you ever have those types of experiences where, it was either a rough transition or you forgot maybe you were back in California doing things that you would normally do in Mexico or vice versa, or were you able to kind of blend everything together? I remember having like any kind of difficulty or anything. Living here in California, we grew up in a very small town, very rural. So honestly, 
coming from a Mexican background, our parents were never the type of letting us go out with friends, doing this or doing that. So I'll be honest with you, it just felt boring, if you will. I mean, we had all (laughs) our family gatherings, we had all our friends, but I didn't have friends that I could truly say I connected with or that my parents would let me go over to their houses. That's just the way my parents were. Nothing wrong with that. I find myself kind of doing some of the same things. (laughs) Here we are, you know, 40 something years later. But um, no, I mean, I, it, when we got to Mexico, it was such a smooth transition. Our friends, it, it was almost like freedom to me. That's how it felt, if, if I could even describe it that way. It was almost like we were going to a small town. Our parents would just allow us to go and do mm-hmm. something that we, we didn't have that freedom to do here. And I think maybe that's why I loved it so much. I had a chance to just really be with friends and go and explore and do things that I never had the opportunity to do here. You know, what's crazy is probably people that aren't from Mexico or maybe don't have Mexi- you know, Mexican background or, or not even just like a Latino background, they probably would be doing the opposite, right? They probably let their kids like have some freedom here. And as soon as they go into another country, no, 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 you need to stay with me. No, no, no. So, but because your parents are from there and your family's there, it was like the total opposite because you're probably constantly around your family, you know, people that they knew growing up. And I think that's always, you know how you've heard that saying it takes a village. Well, I feel like, I feel like as Latinos, we tend to take that, we take that seriously, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's your tios, your tias, even like your friends, moms, whatever. There's just something that was lost, like that's been lost on that, I believe here in the American side. Just generally, and I'm not saying everybody, but I'm just saying generally, I feel like that's something that's been kind of lost. That doesn't mean you're going to hit my kid or I don't have kids, but you know what I mean? But at least like you always knew that there was somebody kind of watching out for your kid if you're not there. And I just feel like that's kind of fallen away, but that's probably the reason that your mom would let you have so much freedom because somebody was there, somebody, you know, it's all people she trusted and knew versus being here. Yeah. And it was such a different dynamic. I mean, I remember going to school and I went to a Catholic school. So elementary was right down the street, half a block away. And then after that, it was a Catholic school and it was school in the afternoon. And it was just so different all morning. We were home and then you go to school in the afternoon. You're out at seven o'clock at night. And it was just a completely different dynamic. And it was beautiful. How long did you do that for? I did it up through, well, probably eighth grade. And then my parents were like, okay, decide where you want to go to school. Because in Mexico, you don't really have the opportunities like you do here to go to college. It's very much, you know, who you know, and, you know, as sad as it sounds, college is not about just applying and see if you get accepted. There's that component. And then there's just so much more to it. So I couldn't see myself going to college in Mexico because it just seemed almost impossible. I knew I wanted to go to college. So once I started high school, I stayed here and continued my journey. And did you ever go back? Like, you know, I'm sure these are stories you tell your kids. Is this something that you've experienced with your kids as well? Or you guys... Or do they get jealous? Like I would imagine if if I was a kid, I'd be like, well, why don't, why are we not doing that or something? We've talked about it, but they've never, you know, I guess taken it that way or 
are asked, you know, to experience that. Maybe I just don't talk about it enough. That's probably it. Cause I know my sister does, and I've got my niece and nephew just like wanting to go, you know, and they just want to go to Yawalika. They want to go to the town where mom grew up. And I'm pretty sure it has to do with how much we talk about our experiences. Yeah. I mean, I remember when my friends growing up, they would spend their summers in Mexico and most of my family had already migrated to the state. And I was so jealous. Like I was like, why can't somebody go back so we can go back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like, I. so growing up, how, like, what kind of child were you in regards to, were you like a super curious child? Were you super shy? Just kind of kept to yourself because obviously half the time you're spending in the States and half the time you're spending in Mexico. So how do you think that helped you like in regards to developing you as a person? Yeah, that is such an interesting question because if you were to ask me, you know, it felt like when I was living here in the States, I was more quiet, more reserved, but something happened when I would go to Mexico. It was almost like my comfort zone where I felt free to kind of express myself and be with my friends. And I think it's because I just didn't have that connection here during my elementary high school years, because interesting enough, you know, I moved to college. So I went to San Jose state and I was there for nine years. And now you go to the Bay area and you're immersed in your culture there. You know, there is a lot of Hispanic people, a lot of Mexicanos, and it almost felt like, okay, I found something similar to home that just resonated. It felt comfortable. And I feel like that's where I was able to just express myself more. Let's just say I didn't really feel that connection with my friends here in this small town. We just had very different interests. That makes me sad because I hate when people feel like they're, I mean, obviously there's nothing I can do. I just listen, but I'm trying to think of how I want to ask this question or what I, I was, I had it formed and then I started talking and then I messed it up in my head. Sorry, guys. I just completely messed up what I wanted to ask. Okay. So beyond that, you go, to, come back. You go, come to, back. Yeah, you go to San Jose state. Did that, like you said, you finally kind of found a place where you fit in. I've heard that many times, especially if people grow up in areas where they don't see a lot of themselves reflected, they kind of feel not ashamed, but not comfortable enough to let who they are completely shine until they get to college. And then they find, oh my gosh, there's Latinos from every part of the world here. There's this, there's that. And they end up getting involved and end up like, connect, it almost feels like they connect with their culture in a way that they hadn't before in the States. Like, what was your experience when you, like, finally you're in this place where you're like, oh my gosh, I can be myself. It felt beautiful. I mean, like I said, it just felt good. It felt like, not that I couldn't be myself before. Maybe I just, you know how it is, teenage years, going through that period where you're trying to just kind of even understand yourself, you know, who are you and all those things and not feeling that connection with your peers, with your friends. I go now to a city that, and, and maybe that could have had something to do with it. You know, small town, I go to a big city where I see people like me, if you will, because the small town that I'm on, there wasn't many Hispanics. You could count the Hispanics in my school and half of them were my family. <laughs> and so, cause it's a small town, but, um, I think it was that like, 
you see yourself in others. What I mean by that is your culture. You start talking to people and you have the similar backgrounds, the similar upbringings, you know, majority are first gen, you know, Mexican-American. And that was something that really felt like a connection with others. You couldn't really, let's say prior to college, you know, I couldn't really sit there with my schoolmates and maybe talk about the parties, las quinceañeras or whatever. They don't know what I'm talking about, you know, or just maybe not understanding why my parents don't let me go have sleepovers. That's just how they were, you know, so that connection just wasn't there. So finding people where it's like, oh yeah, that's how my parents are. Or yeah, that was my experience. That just felt like home. I think that's so important to connect because I feel like you can find yourself in any way, but when you find people that you connect with and that you share experiences with, I don't know. I just feel like there's a way that it allows us to thrive versus always searching, right? Right. And sometimes we, we search and then we find it and we find out, oh, wait, this isn't what I wanted or this is what, but sometimes like, I don't know. I just feel like when it comes to cultura and everything, you just, once you find it and you, you really find it, you never want to let it go. Oh yeah. I want to kind of go into, because I know that you're an HR professional. Mm-hmm. I know that you're a transformational life and mindset coach. And when I was reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, that goes so hand in hand, I bet, in regards yes. to what she's doing. So how, tell me like how you made that connection because you go into HR, you go into those things. And then I know I'm kind of jumping a lot of things, but I just kind of really want to get into that. First of all, how did you kind of decide human resources was where you wanted to go? And then the second follow-up question to that is, then how did you decide you're going to be a transformational life and mindset coach? And, and then I will, I'll ask after that, (laughs) then I already have another question ready, but it depends on what you tell me. (laughs) Yeah. So very interesting because I went into college and I declared my major international business. I am just, that's my major and San Jose State's very saturated in business. So then I Ended up, you know, I got my bachelor's in business, international business. I have a second bachelor's in Spanish. And then I ended up with my master's in communication studies. Well, in the beginning of my journey, I go, my sister was also at San Jose State and she worked at the career center. And she was like, go talk to this counselor. This person is super good and she's going to help you. And this was initially when I'm trying to kind of decide, is this really what I want? So I go and I do this assessment and I meet with this counselor and she says, you know, you'll be very good for human resources. So she made that comment. We ended and my sister said, how'd it go? And I said, she told me I should go in human resources. She doesn't know what she's talking about. And I never went back. I never went back, (laughs) you know, years later upon graduation, I end up in human resources and I liked it. So Initially, it was more of, you know, I want to go into more of learning and development. And somehow, you know, through my journey, I've been with the same corporation for the last 18 years. My title has evolved and now I'm in employee relations. So I deal with a lot of employee issues. That's kind of how I ended up in human resources. And now 18 years later, there has been a big shift in this world, obviously, And human resources, specifically employee relations, has become 
a little bit difficult from the standpoint of all of the mental health issues that we're seeing. Oh my goodness. It is sad. It is all the emotions put together when you're helping people and you hear stories or, you know, they get into problems at work and, you know, in talking to them, you see a lot of the mental health problems that are happening so much. I mean, that has amplified so much and it has changed the dynamic of the human resources world. And through these years, you know, and we'll add now, you know, COVID. Oh my goodness, that just made it even worse. And I don't even know if worse is the right word, but you know, it amplified it to where everyone was struggling at so many different levels, including myself, right? I've got a family at home, I've got a job, and then we have COVID and being in human resources our department was tasked with handling all of the COVID stuff. And so it was a lot. And through this whole journey, I started to lose myself just over these years and more so in the recent years. I just started to lose lose myself where honestly, it came a day where I looked at myself in the mirror and I didn't really recognize who I was anymore. I didn't like how it was showing up in life. I didn't like how it was showing up with my family, with my children, with my spouse at work. And it got to a point where I just needed to seek for some of that clarity myself. And that's when I started to work with coaches at different capacities. And as I started to work with coaches, I loved the transformation. And every time, you know, I would level up in a coach. And when I mean level up, it would be more of kind of more one-on-one basis. And it really has transformed me as a person. And not only that, when I transformed as a person, it amplified all my other relationships. It was just so beautiful. So beautiful. I couldn't just keep it to myself, you know? It's something I've always had a passion for, like, teaching and, and mentoring. Oh, and so it almost just kind of felt very natural. It just came very natural where I got the help of coaches, life coaches, mindset coaches, you know, business coaches, you name it. I've had many coaches and I say, I will always have coaches for the rest of my life because it has been such a transformation. And as I have evolved, you know, I work with different people that just help me elevate. And by me going through that personal transformation, it was too beautiful not to go into it and now help other people, other women specifically, go through their own personal transformation. So that's how I went from like human resources to, you know, now being a a transformational life and mindset coach. And here's the interesting part. You know, I go back and I think about, well, I got my degree in international business and all these years, I'm like, where did that come from? Right. You know, I got my second degree in Spanish and, you know, now communication studies. And it was interesting, you know, cause I always believe that things do a full circle. Right. And I love a quote by Steve Jobs and I'm probably going to chop it up right now. I'm not going to say it perfectly, <laughs> but it's like, you're not going to be able to connect your dots looking forward. You're going to connect them looking back. And you got to yeah, trust that then there's you see going to connect. How it all related to where you're at now. So when I was going through all this and I came through this quote, the first thing that came to mind was 
kind of my degree and my experience. Like I did international business in Spanish. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm starting to see the dots because international business. Yes. Now my coaching's business is going to be international. It's international. I'm going to support women all across the world, you know, and it's going to be where I support women, both offering my service in Spanish and English. And so to me, I look back and I'm like, there's a purpose for everything. And I may not have understood it. And I may not have understood that journey of why I went through human resources. And here I am now, but I needed to go through all that. I needed to go through every single one of those experiences and live that to be able to now support the women that I support. And it's so beautiful. I want to go back to something that you were saying. You said you've had many coaches and I'm glad you said that because I always tell people, you know, you need to find the coach for you. It's not a one size fits all type of thing. You need to figure out, talk to people, see how you vibe, see if, as you explain your vision, can they help support you to execute that or is, you know, not everybody is for everybody, but I love that you said that you've had different coaches because it's really important that we know what, what we're doing. So how do you figure out what you need so you can figure out what type of coach you need to work with? Cause I think that's probably the hardest part, right? Well, I always tell people, you know, what is it that you you feel you are in need of? Like, what are you struggling with? And guess what? A lot of people sometimes don't know how to do that. How do I identify it? And that's why I love to offer people. I have a reset to redesign free session that I offer where people jump on a Zoom with me and we do a life assessment. And when we're done, it brings so much clarity through them because we go through different areas of life and it helps them see exactly where they need to focus, even though they didn't really realize that. And they walk away with a beautiful redesigned blueprint for free. And I love it. And I'll offer, I'm going to offer it to all your listeners because it's so eye-opening. And for anyone who asked that question, like, how do I figure it out? Like, how do I know? Take advantage of this free clarity session that I offer. We go through it. It's a good opportunity to see, first of all, like, where do I need to start? Like, where do I really need to focus? Because that session alone brings so much clarity. And when they walk away with this redesigned blueprint, it's like, wow, it's so clear where I need to start focusing. Now, depending on what your focus is, then you can start saying, okay, so if my focus is health, maybe I need to seek a coach that can help me with my health journey or if it's relationships, you know, because like you said, there's coaches for everything out there. And just because you found one doesn't mean you're going to vibe with that person, but you're going to have to start to seek these individuals out to figure out who you're going to click with. Click is probably not the right word, who you're going to feel comfortable with, who you connect with based on either their experiences or just what they say, get to know them, get to know them. No, absolutely. I know you said you work specifically with women and I know even you niche down even more in regards to working mothers. And because I obviously you're a working mother, you've had to try. I don't even always say, I don't think there's such a thing as, as balance. How do you even start to say, do you just say there's no such thing as balance and let me just figure out where I need to prioritize? Like, I'm not a mom, but I'm a woman. And I feel so often as women, we put ourselves last. As mothers, I really know you put yourself last. 
you know, my mom did it, my friends do it, like they put everybody else above themselves. And then they don't have much else to give. But I feel like it's one of those things like you need to be able to refill yourself to be able to give anything else. So how did you figure out like, okay, I'm going to work with mothers. How do we talk about work-life balance? Or like, again, how do you, is it balance or is it priorities? Or where do you even start with that? Yeah, I like to call it just life balance. Life balance. And that may even sound to some like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. How, why, you know, like, where do I start? Well, it starts with having that peace of mind. And I say the focus is your mind, heart, and body all create your life balance. So imagine yourself with you, you know, a peace of mind, a mind that is full of just peace and tranquility versus stress and anxiety and overwhelm. And then a heart that's just full of love and joy versus guilt for not loving your, you know, children, your spouse, your significant other, the way you desired, because you're just too tired to do that. And then a body that just becomes your vessel that carries you through the most beautiful journey in life. So just kind of envisioning and redefining health versus that feeling of constant shame and exhaustion within you. And so those are the three things that I like to say, you know, you need to focus on having, focus on your mind, your heart, and your body. And even that alone, some may say, well, how do I do that? And so I have a program where we take, I take women through this personal life transformation because it's very unique, obviously, to each individual. Honestly, it really starts, one, we start with just creating that their own redesigned blueprint. Let's identify what areas you need to focus on. And um, after that, we really start by asking yourself, what is it that you want? What do you want in life? And I'm gonna tell you, so many women don't know how to answer that question because they have stopped dreaming years and years and years ago. And to your point, we've left ourselves till the end. We just don't prioritize ourselves anymore. So having, starting by asking yourself, you know, what is it that you want starts to help you just kind of open up and discover what is it that I really want in life? And it starts by prioritizing yourself. When you start to prioritize yourself, put your mind, your heart, and your body first, you start to achieve this balance in life. And I say, you know, it's not work-life balance, it's life balance. Because when you have balance in your mind, your heart, and your body, you're living life. You know, you're not working, you're just living and loving life. And That is so unique to each individual, but those are the main pillars, you know? Let's create that peace in your mind versus that stress and overwhelm and heart full of love and joy and your body. And when I say your body, it's really focusing on redefining health because Mm -hmm. so many people define health differently. And so if you can have a balance of those three, your life is going to be balanced and It just flows so nicely. And I know I'm just kind of scratching the surface of this because it goes so much deeper, but that's kind of where we start. I want to kind of go back to what you were talking about in regards to when we're in the middle of COVID, in the middle of the pandemic. Prior to you finding these coaches and doing these things, where were you on this scale? 
Did you feel like you were failing? Did you feel like you were flailing? Did you like, where were you kind of, where do you feel like you were put or where you were putting yourself amongst all of these things in regards to having some sort of balance? Yeah. So I started to seek out coaches before COVID. So back in 2019, let's, so my daughters are 11. So for the last 12 years, <laughs> or let's say go back to 2019, when I really started to, you know, to go to your question here, how was it before I was very out of balance. And so when you talk about putting everyone else ahead of you before yourself, that was 1000% me. So I have three children. I have a 13 year old son and 11 year old identical twin girls. Well, our twin daughters have a 22Q deletion syndrome diagnosis. And so what that means is it is the most common syndrome that no one has ever heard of because it is so common, but it goes undiagnosed for many because of the complexity of it. And it can manifest itself in over 180 different ways. For our daughters, it meant that they had congenital heart defects. So both of them needed open heart surgery after they were born. They have one kidney. So it was going through that process of saying, you know, does their kidney function? Well, there was developmental delays. You know, they didn't walk till they were two and a half years old. They didn't speak. They didn't say their first word till they were four. So it has been, you know, a doctor's appointments after doctor's appointments and therapies, every therapy you can think of. I mean, they've gone to over 500 physical therapy sessions alone in wow. their life. And our focus was 100% our children. We wanted to make sure that our daughters got all the care they needed. And also that our son, that we kind of kept that balance because our daughters took so much time just to give them the appropriate care. So now they're fantastic. I mean, they're being the odds of children with that syndrome. They're doing amazing. And I we attribute that to all the support that they've received, but that's been a lot. And that was a lot. And then we get to COVID and I was already feeling like lost in life. By that point, that's where I just wasn't really liking how I was showing up in life anymore. And I think it was pure exhaustion. And then you get to COVID. We don't need to say more. All we need to say is COVID. <laughs> and then that instantly puts everybody in awe. <laughs> and then that just elevated things like tenfold with, you know, all the uncertainty in life and everything. And yeah, interesting enough, you know, um, I'm drinking water, right? Because I'm going through a health journey right now. Super interesting because I just recently started this health journey. And so that's why I'm, I'm drinking water. But one of the interesting things as I was speaking to this holistic nutritionist, kind of going through some of the questions, you know, you're asking all these questions. And she said, you know, you have been in survival mode for the last decade. It's no surprise that your body has been reacting the way it has been. And that was an eye opener for me. Wait, I feel like you say that one more time. Say that what she told you, because I feel like a lot of women are going to hear that. There's going to be something because we don't hear that. Say that right. one more time. Yes. So she told me I had been living in survival mode for the last decade. And that was the reason why my body was reacting the way it was. And for me, I was breaking, I've been breaking out in hives for four years with no answers. That was an eye opener and very interesting. 
And I go to a follow-up appointment, right? Two weeks later. And she said, how are you doing? I'm great. Let's do this. What's the plan? You know, I'm ready for this. And she said, no, really, how are you feeling? And I said, I'm great. And she said, you know, last time you were here, I told you your blood pressure was on the lower scale. Today, I'm telling you, your blood pressure is low. How are you feeling? Are you tired? And I was like, I'm always tired. I'm like all happy. And she was not smiling, right? She was like, (laughs) you're telling me you feel good and you're smiling. What you're telling me is that you have normalized how you're feeling Mm. and your blood pressure is slow and you're tired and you're exhausted. And I was like, you think you're fine because that's, you're so used to it. Right. And I said, okay, well, how do I raise my blood pressure? She said, get some rest. And let me tell you something, hearing those two things was an eye opener for me. Like, how do we expect to feel good, to thrive in life? if we are not taking care of ourselves Mm -hmm. and how have I reached a point where I've normalized how I'm feeling and need somebody else to like really come out here and point out these things to me. It was an eye opener. Wow. I bet. I mean, I feel like, like I said, that's why I wanted you to say it again. Cause I feel like there's probably people that are going to listen to this and go, Oh shit. Like I've normalized feeling like crap. Like I've normalized this, this feeling and I shouldn't feel this way. I want to kind of also go back because obviously you had a really trying journey because those with your daughters, because that takes, that takes a toll. Your kids get surgery. You're seeing all of these things. It's like, it takes a toll, but it also take, I mean, how did that affect your relationship with your husband as well? Because that's something that I think can either, you can get through it you can just survive it and, you know, never reconnect or it can break a relationship. So how would, what was the toll that it took on your relationship? So when I say I have the most amazing partner, husband, I do. I have probably, you know, throughout the, you know, we've been married 15 years. We just celebrated this week, 15 years. Happy (laughs) anniversary. Thank you. He is the most patient human being I know. And so to have a partner in your life who supports you, I mean, I am the one that is always like with the crazy ideas, what's it, you know, let's try this therapy now, let's do this. And he's always been there supporting. And I have the full-time job. He has a part-time job. By default, between my father and my husband, they've taken care of the kids. And so he has been super, super involved in everything. But I'm not going to lie. When I say I didn't like how it was showing up in life, I didn't like how it was showing up in my relationship with him. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, Ay, yo misma me caigo gorda. you know, it's like, I can't even stand myself. How is somebody going to stand me? You know, the guy is patient. He's the type that's like, okay, okay. I'm just going to walk away right now. And I'm just like, you know, but, um, <laughs> I believe that our marriage is so strong in part because of him and his patience and his love and understanding and everything. I mean, I can't even put it into words because I know that having 
a complex family, if you will. And what I mean by that is just the complexity of everything that is involved in caring for our kids can make it or break it. You know, it's very true. But I have to say right now, I feel like because of the work that I've done on myself, I feel like our relationship is the strongest it has ever been. My relationship with my children. And I say that because when mom is grumpy, I can put everybody grumpy in the household in a heartbeat. (laughs) And that's what was happening. That's what was happening. So it was all because I was just tired, exhausted, overwhelmed, stressed, you know, guilt, so much guilt because my job required me to travel and still does, but COVID, (laughs) but it was traveling, being away from home. Sometimes there was a little bit of like, I want to be the one working part-time being with the kids, but this is a dynamic that worked for us. And that's when I started to seek help. And in me and putting myself first, filling my glass, oh my gosh, I'm just a happier person. And by default, everyone in my household is happy. (laughs) Right. Here's my personal opinion. I think that when somebody is looking for a coach, I think it's important to know that not that your coach has all the answers, but that they've been through stuff themselves. Like, I don't want to go with somebody who's like, I have all the answers. I'm your guru. I'm this, I'm that. Yeah. Personally, I feel like then you're never going to understand me because I am an imperfect bitch. That's for damn sure. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you want somebody who can understand and who can maybe see things that you can't. And I thank you for sharing like how that is. Cause I'm sure a lot, you know, other people have gone through that, or maybe they don't know how to get through that, or maybe they don't even see it. Like you said, when you're, I'm fine. I feel good. I feel fine. I feel good. And then you're like, Oh wait, Ray, maybe I've just normalized feeling crappy. And yeah, maybe I've just normalized being grumpy. And I have a partner who just lets me be grumpy. And maybe I shouldn't, maybe I need to figure out how to like get myself out of this hole. Right. You know, one of the things that I ask people when we do this is what your why is and your why you say you want to show your children the meaning of self-love, compassion, and to go after their dreams. Do you feel like you are leading by example when it comes to that? I am now. And that's when I say my why, because so often as parents, we're like, go, you know, achieve your dreams, go do this, go do that. You can do it. We're their biggest cheerleaders, but guess what? They look at their parents and they see their parents complaining that they don't like their job. They see their parents complaining, you know, of any kind of, you know, everything that they may hear, but how are we going to go and say, go after your dreams if we don't do it ourselves? And now that is like one of my greatest, you know, whys. Like I want my children to see that it doesn't matter how old you are. I want you to go after your dream. And I tell them all the time, look, just because I may not be interested or just because this, it's what you want. It's not what mom or dad wants. Always be true to yourself. And I tell them, don't ever settle for less than what you know you're capable of doing. And that's a conversation with grades right now. <laughs> when grades are a little bit down and they can achieve straight A's and they show me because they're so proud once. And I'm like, see, you know, 
Don't settle for less. And it's the same thing. And I say that to the women that I work with, you know, don't settle for anything less than what you desire. Yeah. And it's so hard because we don't believe in it. Sometimes we don't believe it's possible. And that's the beautiful mindset transformation that they go through. It's that deep focus on what is that end result that you want Mm -hmm. and start living it now. Like believe it, believe that you're that person now. It just changes the way you even see life. It's so beautiful. It's hard for some, but once you can do it, yeah. It's <laughs> my mom used to tell us, or my parents used to say, like, if you do your best and you get a bad grade, we're not going to be mad. We get mad That's because right. you don't do your best. You're not trying and you're getting a bad grade when we know you can be better. So when you were saying that, I'm like, oh yeah, kind of a version of what my parents used to say. Like, if you do your best, if you do your absolute best, and if a D is your best, then that's okay. You know, we'll figure it out. We'll work through it. But we know a D is not your best. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Do you ever use this on like, how has your husband like not only seen you change, but has he kind of taken any lead from the things that you've done or any, because I always feel like, there's always one spouse or one partner who's like gung-ho and the other one's like, eh, I don't know. I don't, I mean, if you want me to, I'll do it. How has your husband embraced and been part of this journey with you? Yeah. So I have always been one that I am not going to impose on others, you know, the things that, you know, that I'm learning or something. It has to come from the, you know, I'll share things here and there, but I've been on this transformation of myself for for a few years now. And my husband has been watching on the sidelines. Let's just put it that way. I got to believe he sees the change because, you know, it's a much peaceful (laughs) home. (laughs) You know, occasionally be like, oh, this is a good book or whatever. Well, I don't read. What do you say one time? He's like, only read the captions on TV. You know, he just makes a joke out of things, you know, but it wasn't until recently. And I mean, very recently that we sat down and we're, I don't remember what we were talking about. And I said, I told him, I would love for you to start dreaming with me. I want to dream together. He was just kind of quiet. And I said, are you ready? And he, well, he didn't really answer. And at that point, you know, we went through a workshop together and he heard it. And I just, you know, what do you think? And at the time I invested in a higher level coach and he decided he would do it with me. Wow. And it's so good. And I mean, it, it's the first time, you know, it's had its own pace. Yeah, that's it's, the big it, thing is being at your, you know, when they're ready, whoever it is, right? Whether you're married to a man, a woman, uh, whatever, mm-hmm. like if you have an adult child that you think would benefit, it's all, we all have our own stories and we all have our own journey. So it has to be at their you know, it has to be part of their journey when they're ready. And even though we may be doing this together, it's totally separate. You know, I'm just like, Tuesday, that's our study night. I'm all excited about that, right? And he just rolls his eyes. But it's a little connection that we have together to do that. And I fully understand that he may not be as engaged in it as I am, because I'm like, I love and thrive off of this stuff. But it's something that, you know, I love that we get to do this together. We get to dream together. It is no longer just, you know, Chris 
it makes your relationship so much stronger. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, congratulations. I, I'm sure there's plenty of women saying, I need my man to do that. So (laughs) my man is very supportive. I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely like, oh, here, wear this or do that. And he doesn't, you know, some of the things he doesn't believe he's like, I wouldn't do it because I think this, I'm going to do it because you asked me to. And so I'm like, okay, but I want to get to your woo mom society. (laughs) Yes. So tell me about the Woo Mom Society and why did you name it that? And what can people expect? Like kind of give a, give the give us the gist of what that is. Yeah. So the Woo Mom Society is a Facebook group right now. I put together where women can go and embrace the power of putting themselves first. You don't need to be a mother to be a part of it, right? It's who I identify as. And mom, which is a word put of woman plus mom, but women first, because we must put ourselves first as a woman before a mother. We have to be able to show up for ourselves. We have to be able to, you know, put ourselves first in order to show up in deep and meaningful ways in all areas of life, including motherhood. And it's something that, um, as moms, sometimes once we become a mom, it's almost like we shed all other identities. I'm a mom, right? And that's where, like you said, we start to put everybody else, you know, ahead of ourselves. And so I loved this concept of woe mom because it truly embraces putting yourself first as a woman and then a mom, because you're always going to be a mother. You're always going to do that. But in order for you to be that exceptional mother, that one that's not feeling guilty, it's not feeling stressed or overwhelmed, you know, it's not leaving themselves to the end. You have to start by putting yourself first. And here's, I think the other part of that, right, is we think, so society often thinks, well, you're a mom, you can't be a woman anymore. You can't be sexy. You can't do this. Like, it irks me when, look, I don't have that type of body and I'm not a mom, but let me tell you, like my sister is, has four boys and she's like a size zero and I love her, but I hate her for it. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I mean, and some women just, you know, are naturally thin and, or even if they're not naturally thin, they work really hard. They just, They want to show off the work that they've done. And we, as a society, tend to shame them for it. You're a mom. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't dress like that. You're a mom. You shouldn't do that. But like you said, you're a woman first and you have to be able to feed your soul. If that means you you feel good rocking a bikini at the beach, rock that bikini, girl. Yeah. So I feel like that's very important. It's something that... um... I had to learn, kind of relearn again, like, you know what, mama first, I'm putting myself first. And with that, that's what you're, when you're able to get that balance in your mind, that clarity in your mind, where you then get to show up and fill your heart so full of love because you're no longer feeling guilty, you know? So it's that balance between your mind, your heart and your body that just makes it so beautiful. If people want to reach out, learn more about you, how can they do that? Probably the easiest way would be through Instagram. And it's Chris Madrigal. And 
I'm sure you'll have it on your show notes, but Chris is in the show notes. C-R-I-S-S. That is often misspelled, but C-R-I-S-S Madrigal is the easiest way. And there is my link tree on there where you can get access to the Facebook group, the Well Mom Society. And um, that's probably the easiest way. I believe my email may be there as well, but there'll be ways to reach out um, to get access to the free reset to redesign session. So people can walk away with a beautiful redesign blueprint to start that journey. And I always like to give my guests the last opportunity. If there's something I didn't ask, something you really want to share, anything, please do so. Yeah. So I am excited because I'm going to be launching my signature program. It is the reinvention code where um, the focus is to, again, go through a life transformation where we reset you know, kind of hit that reset button, get yourself like, basically I'm ready because you have to be ready to go through a transformation. You redesign from the inside out through all the different things we've talked about, getting that balance with your, with your mind, your heart and your body, and then completely reinvent yourself. Once you get centered on getting that balance, you start that reinvention, which is so beautiful because you get to live life and thrive and start working towards your end result in life, which is everything you always dreamed of. And that's something that will be on your link tree as well? Yes, I am going to get that rolled out and I will put it, yes, it'll be on my link tree. I have a a class that is coming up on May 20th, which is going to be super exciting. It is called your reinvention masterclass. That'll be a beautiful transition into the signature program. Well, that'll be perfect because I think this will come out maybe a week or two before that. So, oh, perfect. Yeah. So people make sure to check it out. Chris, thank you so much for just sharing your time for just giving. I always think it's so important, particularly with coaches. I mean, with everybody, but I think it's really important to hear like the journey because then people are like, oh, I connect with that. Oh, I get that. I understand what she's saying. Instead of just saying, what is it? Just like, I I love hearing people's story. I mean, that's just who I am anyways. But I also think we connect through story. We We connect through like the vibes that we get from people. And, um, you know, especially when it comes to to coaching and stuff like that, I, I always think that's so important. So I really like to get, you know, I really want to get the nitty gritty, so to speak, because then I feel like people know Like, oh, I really do want to reach out to this person. Oh, I do really want to, like, this is somebody I could see helping me or somebody I could work with. So thank you so much for just sharing so much. I really appreciate it and for giving of your time. Well, thank Um, you for the invite and having me here. I love the conversation and thank you for sharing your space. Oh, always, always, always. Make sure to check out the show notes for all the information, mi gente. And until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wine and Chisme podcast. For more information on today's guest, please see the show notes for links to websites and social media channels. You can check out all things Wine and Chisme on our website, thewineandchismepodcast.com. There, you will find the names of wines I drink each episode, as well as additional information on me, the podcast, and you can even apply to be a guest straight from there. 
You can also find us on social media at The Wine and Cheesement on Instagram and at The Wine and Cheesement Podcast on Facebook. Remember, if you want to hear more Wine and Cheesement, please subscribe, rate, and review. Five-star ratings are appreciated and those positive reviews are appreciated even more. Until next time, saludos.